Welcome to the first episode of Flower Power, a baking podcast with two 20-somethings waffling through our 20s together. We're so excited to be sharing this project with you. Each episode, we choose a recipe to make together, despite being over 150 miles away from each other. While we're baking, we share our favourite things that we found recently, whether that's a new recipe or a book or just something intriguing we've discovered as well as sharing a couple of little fudge-ups because we're human, not perfect, and we make little fudge-ups sometimes. In this episode, our very first episode, we're making red velvet cupcakes and sharing our origin story. So we each have our ingredients laid out and mostly ready to go. And I've turned on the mixer. Always a good start, turning on your mixer. Mine's so, handheld. Ah, see, I've got an ancient behemoth that is probably from the 1980s. It's not electrocuted me yet, so it's doing well. Well, there you go then, that's what counts. Mine's brand new and that probably makes it terrible quality. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, I've already had one mixer blow up on me in the past. Not this one, but that was an experience. So hopefully we won't make it too fit. Okay, so my butter and sugar is nice and light and fluffy. So I'm gonna now add my eggs and then I'm going to be beating them again. Right, got there. I've got my butter and sugar together, managed to drop my phone into the butter and sugar mixture while trying to record it for content, which is about right for me. I guess Just... that's our first fudge up of the episode. <laughs> that is that is the fudge up on camera. <laughs> and I reckon it's recorded me dropping my phone into the bottle and then being like, oh. <laughs> right. Turn the mixer up to high speed and slowly add the eggs and beat. Next right. up, we'll be mixing together the cocoa and getting that lovely deep red velvet colour. Separate more mix together cocoa powder, red food colouring and vanilla extract. I bought a really, really, really like thick red food colouring because you have to use loads of it to get actual red. I bought two I tubes somehow... just in case one wasn't enough. <laughs> Yours is going to be like violently blood red. So, cocoa powder yeah. and three tablespoons of water. They could be period cupcakes, like celebrating <laughs> menstrual health. I think our original plan was Valentine's Day, but like menstruation is a very important topic. Or it could be valid. like the blood of my enemies. <laughs> oh, or or what is the the water the water of the womb is thicker than the blood of the covenant. Oh. Other way round, but yes, blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Basically, well, that's what this represents. The, the family you choose is more important. Like, and I would I, argue honestly... you are the family I have chosen. So, oh, did so. I mean, I'm a sucker for found family in reality and in fiction. I think my favourite people I would consider found family, you know? But this does look like straight up blood. And I still think it needs more red, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a red velvet cupcake. You can't really have too much red. I don't know. This looks pretty like... I reckon if you smeared this on a wall, someone would call the police. <laughs> We're making, we're making a baking podcast, not a murder mystery podcast. 
No, but my favourite thing of the week, which is actually an excellent time to bring it up, is this audiobook that I listened to called Killers Across the Table. I'll add the authors into the description. But basically, it's like an FBI agent who like sat and had chats with famous serial killers in like a non-accusational way, just to genuinely understand what made them tick. And in the least creepy way possible. Sometimes they've got valid points or they make like next moves. Like there was a guy who like imprisoned a girl because he out of anger killed her boyfriend and then was like, well, what the fuck do I do with her now? And was like, well, I have to kill her because if I don't kill her, then everyone will find out. And like, you can see the logic in that. I can see the logic. The logic's messed up, but I can see the logic. Like, you can see where he dotted the I's and crossed the T's. I'm not at any point saying he was right to. But I can see where he came to that conclusion. You know, that's actually reminding me a little bit of the protagonist in the book that I'm reading for my book club. I'm not very fast through it at the moment, but I recently started reading a book called Yellow Face by R.F. Kwan, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, where a white American author steals the manuscript from an Asian author who's just had a very unfortunate accident and just passed away and passes off the manuscript as her own work once she's edited it and finished it. And she receives critical acclaim from it because it's essentially like half plagiarized. So I'm just getting to the point in the book where the repercussions are starting to catch up with her. And all the time that she's, I mean, spoilers probably for those who haven't read it, but all the time that she's like going through the editing process and the publishing process, she's justifying every step of like, oh, my friend Athena, the dead author, would have wanted me to do this. You know, the manuscript was just going to sit there wasting away. I'm contributing to her memory. And it leaves the reader wondering, you know, she's making a valid point, but does that make her correct? No. And that's the, the same vibe as this book. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) about serial killers it's like it talks about the psychology and how they get to this like conclusion Mm. but then it also talks about how some serial killers have helped create profiling techniques to help find other serial killers Mm. so they basically like created the template on which the FBI can now find and profile people based on who they've killed and why, which allows you to then prevent unnecessary future murder happening, or they pinpoint what in their childhood changed them, for example, so that you can see a kid where something happened to them and go, okay, well, this happened. They need some more support because this is what happened to someone else. I'm going to start the the blood mixture. Uh, I can't turn around the camera in this, but look at that. (laughs) Nice and bloody. Blood velvet cupcakes, anyone? Yeah, Valentine's Day, but make it death. I mean, personally speaking, I think we should be trying to move away from a prison system. Like, 
I've done some research on like prison systems in, for example, like the Nordic countries, and honestly, they look so like comfortable. Like they look like the kind of place where one would go and come out better, you know, rather than coming out more traumatized. One hundred percent. And the aim should be rehabilitation. Exactly. Yeah, it's as parts of human nature. Exactly, you have to understand the why to try and prevent it for the future. And by rehabilitating someone and trying to fix the root cause, it makes it a lot better. Like, the reason Norway's prison system's so, like, decent, they have such a low rate of, like, committing second or multiple offences. Because people go back out with the skills they need to, to survive in the world, whereas... Places like the UK or the US, I mean, so many people either stay in prison far too long or they end up repeat offending because they have, they feel like they have no other option. I, I was going to say, do you need first aid? <laughs> you know, usually it's both. Usually it's both. I do have it all over my hands, so I'm not doing great my end with my track record. Occupational hazard, yeah. Oh, I should try that. <laughs> I think I've I've made them with my partner once or twice. He loves red velvet, which just goes to show how good a taste he has. Um Wow. Mmm. <laughs> It shows that it's going to be a very well-loved cookbook. Yeah. I think that'd be wonderful. I've got this fantastic cookbook that I was given last year by a TikToker and YouTuber called B. Dylan Hollis. 
called Baking Yesteryear, which is all sorts of weird and wacky like recipes from years gone by. And when I say weird and wacky, I mean weird and wacky. I've done a couple of recipes from them, but they are there are some quite bizarre ones in there. There's chocolate sauerkraut cake, which surprisingly same texture as coconut. Yeah, you don't taste sauerkraut. There's the jello poke cake, there's lime jello fudge in there somewhere, which worked really well. There's all sorts of very fun cakes. There's a like there's like a Watergate cake in there, which I think has something to do with the Watergate scandal, but I don't know enough about American politics to really comment on that. But there's just all sorts of, of brilliant recipes in there, and a couple of clangers right at the end for funs. Um, but yeah, this, it's, it's quite a fun little cookbook, really. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Somehow they they looked better than they smelled, which is saying something. Oh my gosh. I don't think I tried any. I think I very conveniently knew about that point. <laughs> yeah, I can round up mine for a bit. <laughs> adorable my friend tried that the other day some of them I think she told me 50 50 like half of them turned out beautifully half of them turned out looking like little mushrooms which of oh, it's so very cute yeah <laughs> my life motto I've got to say yeah I've got to say this mixture is a really lovely velvety color now, I just want to double check something with you. Did you mix the bicarb and the vinegar together first, or did you put it straight into the mixture, like as separate ingredients? Okay, that's good to know. So I'm just getting to that point. I think you do a roll at the top and then two flat pieces at the side, I think. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sticking to round cases. If I want hearts, I can decorate on top with them. Cute, I think. I don't think I have any of those, but anyway. Yeah. Oh, it's foaming.
I think just like the recipe for red velvet cupcake itself, trust the process. Like red velvet is one of those things where you, you look at the ingredients and you think buttermilk, vinegar, and you just wonder whether it's even going to taste vaguely cake-like, let alone be a cake. And then it turns out wonderfully. You can call those the test pieces. You and your partner can just share them as like, you know, the, the baker's dozen. Exactly. I don't think these will survive going to the office. I'm, I'm going over to my partner's tomorrow. I doubt that I'll, yeah, I, I doubt that I'll come home with a full box. Let's put it that way. Or even, it's more likely I'll come home with an empty box. These will not see the office. <laughs> I'm not in till Thursday. Which... Oh, see I... Because the UK is under yet more train strikes as of recording, um, I couldn't go into the office today, which is one of my normal days in. So I went in yesterday morning instead. And... It wasn't too bad actually. Mondays are a fairly quiet day. Tuesdays are normally the busy ones. Wait. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> See, I... I still can't do that. I still have not discovered what it takes to be a morning person. I finally discovered that it's actually worth getting up a little bit earlier than just, you know, rolling out of bed and just going. Because I had to take an earlier train yesterday and had time, miraculously, in the morning to like sit down at a cafe before I needed to be at work and have like a hot chocolate before my walk to work, which, honestly, wonderful. I, I ought to do that more often, but... Normally, I'm always rushing out of the door, trying not to, like, to drop anything. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, most of the time I remember breakfast, but to the detriment of at least one other thing at any given time. a very good idea. That's a brilliant idea. Do you add anything or is it just the oats? Oh, lovely. That's ideal. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, oat milk, like, of all of the substitutes for dairy milk that you can have, oat milk's my favourite, mostly because I can't drink most of the other substitutes. As we'll probably Ready? discuss, probably discuss in later episodes, I have a nut allergy and a peanut allergy, which has caused no end of issues. But it does mean that if I want to switch from dairy milk to a different option, oat milk is my only real bet. I think the only reason I haven't actually made the switch is whenever my mum has come out, who basically lives and breathes tea, if I don't have dairy milk when she comes over, she will give me the saddest expression. She will not touch oat milk with a 10 foot large pole. Personally, I think she's kind of missing out, but you know, to each their own. Well, yeah, you never know what you don't know until you try. Exactly. Ah, oh dear. <laughs> well, I've just had my own little fudge up here. That did not want to go in the cupcake case. I've got some all over my counter. <laughs> I give it time, I will do that too. Speaking of fudge ups, my fudge up this week is that I managed to successfully buy a ready meal at MS before 8 a.m. I'd been to the gym, I was showered, I was dressed, I was ready, I felt like a boss. I walked in there, I picked up a reduced ready meal, I felt like a queen, I was like £3.50 for lunch, amazing, doing a great job, mac and cheese, sounds great, so excited. Went to the checkout, paid for it, went to work, put it in the fridge, having a great time. Went to microwave it and realised it was Tim. (laughs) Oh no. You didn't put because it, it was one of those oven-ready meals. Oh, no. Thank goodness I did not. But it was fine. And it, it meant I like had to leave my desk at lunchtime and it was quite a stressful day. So it, it worked out better than expected. But still was not ideal because I spent this money on a meal, which I then, by the way, left at the office and is still there today. Because I was like rushing to leave today and I was like oh need to remember that ready meal anything I put in that fridge just it it goes there to die like if I don't eat it that day it just it comes out moldy I just I don't make the rules (laughs) I forget that it exists I have the same thing I I don't tend to use the work fridge because I know I'll forget what I put in there or what whether it's mine and I would hate to just pick up somebody else's lunch. Like, that would be my most embarrassing, like, work nightmare, I think. So I just take everything... See, I share a fridge with just one other person. That's decent. I share mine with about 22 other people, and it's usually filled with milk and a couple of jars of, like, unknown pickle that's been shoved to the back that I don't know who owns that. So I just don't trust the fridge, really. Understandable. I mean, my fudge up was also food related this week. So I recently started ordering an organic veg box because, you know, I'm trying to do a little bit more for the planet. So I've started ordering this organic veg box from a fairly local supplier and I'm on my second box now, which box number one was great. I had like, I had potatoes, I had beetroot, I had carrots, I had celery. Like an awful lot of root veg, which I did some quite exciting things with. So this week I thought, okay, I'll get myself a quick meals kind of box, you know, meals in under 30 minutes kind of thing. Um, 
so salads, peppers, that sort of stuff, which is fantastic. I was very excited for my box and was eagerly awaiting when it arrived on Wednesday. I opened the box and I found yet another whole stick of celery when I still had three quarters of the last box's celery. So my fudge up was just too much celery. Now, I don't love celery at the best of times, but I am trying to branch out in what I eat and trying to explore more foods. So to try and fix the double celery problem, I made myself a huge batch of soup last night, which turned out really nicely, actually, very creamy. So while I'm going to try not to repeat the celery incident, I think I actually like the vegetable now, which is a nice change. It's a pretty good outcome. I'd say so, yeah. And I've now discovered that I quite like celery soup. So, win-win. It sounds like a win. I am very glad that it worked out for you. I'm pretty good at making little fudge ups. I mean, as is everyone. My kitchen currently looks like I killed someone. Like if someone <laughs> broke in right now and saw this mess all over my hands, the what looks like blood up the walls, and I like fainted, immediately <laughs> someone would be like, her boyfriend's killed her. I don't know what happened. They had an argument, that's it. Oh my gosh. No, we haven't had an argument. I just wanted cupcakes. If your boyfriend burst in and was like, Hannah, what have you done? There's this blood everywhere. Like, no, it's just cupcakes. Exactly that. So, I thought I would share with you my, my fresh finds. So, my fresh find I have three of these. I went from one to three in about a month. It's not my fault. <laughs> I bought one and then I broke the lid slightly. So I gave it to my boyfriend because I love him and I didn't <laughs> want the broken one. <laughs> I don't like having to fill cups up all the time, right? And it holds two liters. It's insulated and they were like 15 quid. So I bought one, instantly loved it. It went everywhere with me. It was always by my side. I only have to fill it up once a day to get my like minimum recommended allowance. I can fill it up twice if I feel like I'm being a boss. And drinking two of these in a day, perfectly hydrated. My skin has never been better. So then I bought a second one because it was holographic and I couldn't not buy the holographic one. Like, are you kidding me? You had to get it a friend. It was a black holographic cup. Wait a minute, I have to get this for you because you will see what I mean. It is everything. It didn't take me long to find because it's now my sofa cup. <laughs> but look at this. Oh, pretty. You can just about see the rainbow shift, okay? So this is my holographic one. This is my at-home water bottle. And this is my respectable office water bottle, <laughs> which I bought I for my friend that. Natalia and when she sees this, I did buy this for you and then decided that I thought I would love it more. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I bought you other stuff for your birthday, so it's fine. <laughs> but I did originally buy this for you because it's grey and black and then decided that I wanted it. 
my fresh find is something that you, or more accurately your partner, recommended to me. As we were preparing for this podcast. Which are these two little earbuds. They're JVC wireless earbuds. Now, I've been wired earphones only kind of person since I've had wired earphones, which is probably about 10 years at this point. Because I grew up with a teeny little iPod, which didn't have a screen, and I was obsessed. And for the longest time I thought, oh no, I can't get wireless earbuds, I will lose them. I'm notorious for losing things. I've had these, (laughs) I'll be happy to report, I've had these for about three weeks now. I haven't lost them yet. They have been a game changer, particularly when going to the gym. Because I'm not great with things like bright lights and loud environments and lots of different people. And as you well know, the gym is full of all three of these things. However, I still want to get my workout in, I still want to get strong, but hadn't really had the full motivation of going when I knew it was going to be a little bit of a sensory nightmare. These, I can just tune everything else out. Like, I can put my little punk tunes on, I can just have some, some like, emo or rock or whatever I like blasting in my ears while everyone else is listening to the kind of mediocre tech music that my local gem likes to play. And I can just lose myself in my music and take things at my own pace. It's brilliant. Like, it's actually made going to the gym genuinely fun, which, honestly, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I I can't disagree. I, I remember thinking the exact same thing as you. And, like, the phone that I bought, I specifically bought it because it's the last Samsung model that has a headphone jack, (laughs) which I now never use. (laughs) So could have just upgraded and spent the same amount of money on the newer newer model, but whatever, you live and you learn. And I was adamant that the whole thing that had like protected my phone from drops, you know, when you like drop your phone and the headphone cord saves your life. (laughs) Yeah. I, I do that all the time. And I was convinced that without that, I'd be screwed or I'd leave my phone somewhere or I'd lose my headphones because they were always like wrapped around my phone. That was a thing that I feel like everybody did with their like first iPod is you had your headphones always plugged into it and just wrapped around for every time you wanted to listen. So I was convinced, convinced that I would lose them. And I now have two sets (laughs) because I love them that much. I have these ones, which is the original like Samsung Buds. And I lost the case because I was wearing the headphones into Tesco's. I find supermarkets a bit overwhelming. It's so bright in there. And sometimes it can be unbearably loud. And I would find going to the supermarket so panic inducing that I would go food shopping at 6 a.m. on a Monday because no other fucker is doing their food shopping at 6am on a Monday. It made me feel like I had my shit together, but also it was so much less overwhelming. But agreed. And now I can go food shopping at a normal time, like a normal person. <laughs> I could get the train, I could spend all day in town, I can go walk around the shops for a considerable amount of time and not feel that worn down feeling that you get, especially if you're not neurotypical. Mm. Where like, just the noise of a day is just too much. And I wear one in my ear all the time while I'm at work. Half the time, there's not even anything playing. The other half of the time, there's an audiobook because I find it really easy to continue to focus with something like that in the background. Yeah, absolutely. I 
have need of a soundtrack most of my life. I like the idea of, of life being like a movie. So having my own little personal soundtrack and getting to get lost in my own little world, I love that. So yeah, earphones, particularly wireless ones, are definite game changers. Hannah and I can trace our friendship back at least 20 years at this point, which I personally think is pretty awesome. We originally met when her family moved in across the road from mine, and we'd wave at each other across the street going to school. We went to different schools, but sort of had the same morning routine. Um, and I remember... Same morning routine? Probably... You used to get up when I left for school! <laughs> I would see you every morning as you opened your curtains. (laughs) I remember thinking to myself, I wonder who that little girl is who wakes up like an hour after I do every day. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, my school was a lot closer than yours. Yeah, I don't know why my mum decided to send us to school so far away, but she did. (laughs) So I always had a, a hefty commute to school and that never changed. I continued to find difficult and far places to live or go to school (laughs) or work like I currently work 30 miles away from my house (laughs) I could never but yeah so we'd wave at each other across the street Hannah about to get into her her mum's car to go to school me probably still in my pajamas waving from my parents front window definitely still in her pajamas definitely not yet awake One summer, I was going to have a little birthday party with some friends, and little four-year-old me was like, oh, I'm going to see if the girl across the road wants to join. So little me grabbed my dad's hand, dragged him across the street, and knocked on her front door, and invited her to my birthday party. And I guess, as they say, the rest is history. We We didn't know it then, or... I guess we did know it then, but separately. Our birthdays are only three days apart. So we were born in the same year, three days apart. And we have had a plethora of shared birthdays since then. And probably will continue to do so in the future. As children, living across the road from your best friend is the best thing. I just remember constantly going, can I go to my mum? And... I imagine the same thing as, can I go see Hannah? Can I go see Hannah? Can I go out and play with Hannah? Oftentimes I would get home and not five minutes after I've dropped my school bags, I'd go, I want to go see Hannah. Can I, can I go over the road? And then I'd probably be out the door before they even said yes or no, or dinner time's at this time. Like I just, I'd go over to yours, I think practically every day after school. It was amazing. Oh, and in typical Lottie fashion, as is still the case, you would not remember what time dinner was or you wouldn't check what time it was and your mum and dad would have to come get you because you would have forgotten. <laughs> every single time. Every Pretty much every single time. And then like your doorbell would go and it would be my mum going, you know, Charlotte was meant to be home about 20 minutes ago, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> and we also used to do a thing where, do you remember when I used to have the bigger bedroom and it was across from yeah. your parents' bedroom? And you would come and look out the window to see if I was looking. This was before, like, phones and being able to, like, text each other on the internet. We're, like, ten years old. And you just, I would just stand in the window waiting for you to come into your parents' bedroom. Because then I'd wave at you and then we would decide whose house we were going to. We basically had, like, 
sign language <laughs> because our houses were directly opposite our parents still live opposite each other and they're still like good friends and speak to each other all the time so yeah, we yeah. just used to wave at each other i'm sure that our neighbors thought we were mad with like dollies being carried from one house to another and trolleyed across <laughs> i used to go to charlotte's house with no shoes on ever i don't remember ever putting my shoes on if you were lucky i came over in socks you would not go home in your socks at some point they would be lost at mine and show up in our laundry about three weeks later <laughs> yeah or i would come over barefoot <laughs> with bits of gravel in my feet because i decided that <laughs> and our road was and still is filled with potholes so it wasn't like perfectly smooth and nice to walk on i used to like tiptoe across because it was painful but it was too much effort for me to have to put my shoes on and i was really bad with learning to tie my shoelaces so i didn't want to sit there for five minutes tying my shoes on to like take them back off again on the other side it was like 30 seconds across the road and the fact that i did not cut my feet on something is actually incredible <laughs> i think that's a small miracle you were also... much more intelligent and would put shoes on it was it was less that and more i wouldn't be allowed out the house unless i had shoes on like no matter how much i begged it would be no 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 you're putting your shoes on first okay now you can go that is a respectable choice <laughs> i mean for my poor feet probably yeah I do also remember, aside from carting dolls and teddies and stuff across the streets, day in, day out, we'd also cart, like, sleepover stuff every so often. Oh. We'd have so many sleepovers. I think, yeah, we you really know, at, at one point or another, it was probably as if we lived around each other's houses. <laughs> oh, great. yeah. I, I'm sure that when we were, like, 10 to, like, 13, it was basically every single weekend we had a sleepover. Yeah. Unless one of us was doing something that wasn't there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this is possibly where my whole concept behind it, taking a village to raise a kid, comes from. Because that's how I was raised and how you were raised. Like, it would be the kind of thing where we, we were just coexisting in tandem. Like, that just makes sense. Oh yeah, honestly, we were yeah. we were so close yeah. to sisters without being sisters. Like we went to different schools. We didn't usually have all the same hobbies. Like we did kayaking together, but other than that, we mostly did separate out of school activities. I was very musical, and so like I would usually be doing ensembles, orchestras, choirs, either like during my lunch break or after school. And even then, I'd still try and come over to yours afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, I like... remember going to some of your piano lessons <laughs> because I would yeah. beg to be allowed to go and your dad would be like you can come with me to pick her up and I'd be like yeah and like it would be <laughs> the nicest surprise because I wouldn't know that you were coming and so like you know seeing you in my dad's car would kind of just be the loveliest thing after a lesson. My cupcakes have just come out. I'm very excited. The heart-shaped ones, they look interesting, we'll call it <laughs> I'm glad I've not done all heart-shaped ones. I just remember having a childhood where you grew up across the road from your best friend has made us really strong friends. And I'm not gonna glorify it and say that we've had the easiest friendship ever 
because we haven't we've had ups and downs we had like times in our teenage years where we didn't see things from the same perspective and we weren't on the same page but because of that I think we're stronger we have a really strong foundation and you understand me and know me in a way that most if not all other people just don't and that's how I feel about you as well I can look at you and be like she's stressed (laughs) let me fix it (laughs) yeah ditto like we had a couple technical issues just before we hit record and I was getting quite flustered as I typically do and Hannah was just like okay breathe we'll get through this we're doing wonderfully it's okay and I think from from practically anyone else that would make me feel like I don't know I'd feel bad for feeling bad but when Hannah says it it's like no it's actually okay it's genuinely all chill we've got this because like yeah I think we both believe in each other so much that we start believing in ourselves like by proxy um and I I love that about us definitely you are a a friendship that has overcome so much and my life is infinitely better for having you in it oh and we're we're you know like we're only just getting started we're turning 25 this year we're gonna celebrate 25 with a bang we're gonna have a fabulous year you know i can't believe we're turning 25 like i know we're waffling through our 20s but how are we already this like at almost at the halfway mark we're not at the halfway mark we're almost (laughs) i i did say almost (laughs) i'm not willing to accept that i'm turning 25 (laughs) i'm not ready i'm too young (laughs) I've been taking the mick out of my boyfriend for a really long time about being old, but now I'm going to be old. But not old, but like older. Older, yeah. It's, but I, I've yeah. decided that this is this is my year, or our year, of like yeah. doing the things that a stereotypical 20-year-old does. Like, I've never been to a festival. This year, manifesting it, we're both going to two festivals. <laughs> Absolutely. I am sold. I was saying this to Ash earlier. I was like, I just want to do things. I was in a car accident last year. I have been in pain for about 10 months. My pain has not gone away. I am tired of laying on the sofa and feeling sorry for myself. I've done that. Ticked the box, right? I've done that. I've been in pain. I've cried about it. My body may never be the same again. And that will suck. But what would suck more is for it to suck all the life out of me. I've always been rebellious, loud, crazy, doing insane things that everybody else would be like, what are you doing? And then there's just me happily like hiking in the snow like a crazy person. (laughs) But I have like fantastic memories from doing things like that by myself or doing it with people that I love. And that kind of felt like it stopped because I couldn't physically do things. And while I still can't physically do what I could do before, there's no use in me just sitting, being miserable about it. Like I can record a podcast by making cupcakes with my friend. Whether this becomes a big thing or not, we get to keep this forever. And that means so much to me. I may not be able to stand up for a long period of time anymore or walk around 
or do the hiking that I used to do because I used to go on ridiculous hikes by myself at really early hours of the morning <laughs> and it's okay if I can't do that anymore it's okay if it takes me a while to get back to it but I want to start living again I spent last year surviving 2023 the year of survival 2024 the year of thrival that's what I'm gonna do <laughs> I'm gonna do everything fun that I fucking want to and it's starting here starting now I wanted to start a podcast we're starting a podcast I want to go and lay on a beach I'm going to lay on a beach in March I'm going to go to Germany in April we're gonna go to either Berlin or Hamburg because my partner loves Germany I've started learning German we'll get there we'll do a GCSE in it manifesting (laughs) But like, I, I want to fill this year with wonderful stuff. If the camera didn't pick that up, I just had a little anime moment where I opened the oven and my glasses completely seamed up. Um, <laughs> I love that. I, I, I love being a glasses wearer. I've worn these things since I was about 12. I'm still not used to them. See, I wear glasses at work now. You do? Just blue lights ones. I don't need any lenses. But it really helps me not have headaches. That's very good. Or like the eye tiredness. The last thing you want is eye strain, because that sucks. I mean, mine is just good old-fashioned astigmatism, which, you know, is one of those things, really. But still haven't quite got used to the glasses, despite wearing them over a decade. But yeah, I think... I mean, 2024, I didn't get to do as much in 2023 as I really wanted to because I had a bunch of different things happening in my life that I probably won't divulge on the podcast because it is personal. But it does mean that, like, I didn't get to do all the things I wanted to do with my year. So rather than thinking I'm doing 2024 stuff to make up for it, I'm just, it's a nice fresh slate. It's a nice clean start where I get to do the things in 2024 that I want to do in 2024. Rather than going, it's 2023 2.0. Like, it's, you know, 2023 It's definitely not. I'm just, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the lessons of 2023, which, Mm. in all honesty, taught me to, like, take a break, which is something I'm terrible at. But I had to learn to sit still because I have no other choice. Like, I couldn't do anything else. So I had to learn to sit still and take better care of myself. So, you know, I'll take the wins that I can get. Right. My cupcakes are out of the oven. I'm assuming yours are too. Half of them are. Half of them have had another five minutes and should be coming out any moment. Amazing. Yeah. All right, well, we can start on our icing in a moment. All right, that is both batches of mine out of the oven. Amazing. Oh, they're pretty. I know, and they smell really good. I really want one. I know I should wait. I don't want to. <laughs> I very strongly feel like I do not want to wait. But I also realise I probably should. They're looking fantastic i need a bowl i thought about everything i needed for the cupcakes and did not consider anything that i needed for the icing ah 
you do at least have the cream cheese, right? Oh, I have all the ingredients. I didn't consider measuring any of it. <laughs> this is the last bowl I have available. So we're going to see what happens. I'm also going to try using this fun little contraption that I picked up at a charity shop for, I think, two pounds, which is this little hand whip. I saw one of those in a charity shop and I also wanted one. So you'll have to tell me if it's good because then I'll go back to the charity shop. But I'm going to use my electric whisk. I mean, if all else fails, I will figure something else out, but we'll see how it goes. I'm doing like, a terrible what? job at getting this cream cheese out. Definitely could have found an easier way of doing it, but I decided I didn't want to have to wash anything up. So I tried to just tip it upside down. Hmm. Oh shoot, I should have brought some butter out. I completely forgot that you need softened butter. So did I. I think I might need to incorporate the electric mixer. I did the exact same thing as you. I'm about to cover the kitchen like I did when we were younger. Like, there's already a dust cloud, and I've not even started yet. That's, that's impressive. Although, I do know a tip now, which I didn't back then, which is to cover your mixing bowl with a tea towel, so you don't get icing sugar and stuff absolutely everywhere. Or you incorporate it slowly, which I, I do not do. Who has the time for that? People who have patience. Yeah. What did I just say I should do and then didn't do? I got too excited. I was like, oh, baking. Right, here we go. We're gonna wrap it in the tea towel. Hell yeah. Definitely not perfect, but no longer powdery. I've still made a colossal mess, especially all over myself. You would think that by the time that I'm an adult, I wouldn't be as messy as I was as a child. I'm Definitely sure you can remember, I always got everything in my hair. Hannah, you only had to touch the flower bag for it to suddenly be in your eyebrows. Oh yeah, I used to stain myself with paint yeah, before I had even gone to the same. paint table. This extended to painting. I think there are still marks in my parents' conservatory walls where we did painting and like my parents and down the tree is this sort of gentle mediterranean terracotta except in the bits where there are spatters of green and blue all along one of the walls where you and i were doing a painting session um, and you know who they made most of that mess Me. yeah I, mean, I definitely made some of that i'm using all of this icing sugar it says 600 grams of icing sugar i only used 300. i'm if I use 600 grams, I will use this entire box and then some. Which, like, it, it feels a bit excessive. I mean, I, I have a generous sweet tooth, but even that feels a lot for me. Yeah, okay. Alright, I have iced a singular cupcake. That's, I haven't even made the icing, so you're doing better than I am. Did you soften your butter? No. Okay, good, because I haven't either. <laughs> I just madly whisked it. And that hope for the be best. What I do, then. Oh, and I've just got the cupcake in my icing. That's I've also like made that. way too much of it. Like no for the number of cupcakes. Too much icing. I don't know. 
There's almost as much icing as there was cupcake mix. By volume, oh my god. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I think there actually is too much. I'm inclined to agree with you that usually I don't think there is such a thing, but... There might be in this occasion. <laughs> gonna ice these quite thickly. Okay, so... I'm gonna try the tea towel method. Oh, do. It is such a lifesaver. Right. I have never tried this before. You I just have to wrap it and be careful to not get the tea towel in the box. That's my next worry, is I get it trapped in something. But like, lots of sand mixes do come with like little guards. So, yeah. I mean, maybe this one did, but I... It must have broken several decades ago. Some of these look absolutely dear. Some of them look a little bit odd. Because one of my cupcake tins is just tragic. The divots for where you put the cupcake cases is far too small. So they just spill out and end up making like a rectangular shape. So I think I shall be investing in a second cupcake tin that looks equally as good as the first. I'm just beyond happy that we've started. And everyone I speak to about it genuinely sounds really excited. Oh, same here. I went to see my grandmother this weekend. Um, it's it's actually her 92nd birthday today when we're recording, which Aww. I know, she had a lovely birthday. Tell her happy apparently. birthday from me when you see her next. I will, I will. Well, I was talking about the podcast and, and you and me this weekend when I went to see her and naturally being in her 90s she doesn't know what a podcast is it was basically a radio show a radio broadcast and as soon as she understood what that was she thought it was such a fantastic idea and the moment I told her it was to do with baking and about shared memories she just thought that was so lovely because like when she was a more able like growing up she used to bake with me, like I'd go over to, to her house and we'd bake together. You know, I remember her teaching me like how to cook things, how to do scrambled eggs, all sorts. She used to make our Christmas pudding every year and things like that. And so to get to share this idea with her was really quite wonderful. You know, she may never get to listen to this or if she does, she probably won't really understand it. But I think just even the idea of, of getting to share that was really, really wonderful. It is lovely. And for us, baking has been a really powerful thing where it's like, it's changed my life. Being able to have a really shitty day and make myself some cookies or bread. I love making bread. All different kinds of bread. You name it, I'll do it. Flatbread, pita bread, normal bread, naan bread, although my boyfriend does a better job of that, but don't tell him. Um, any type of bread. I love baking and cooking and being creative. And so it's nice to get to share that, especially as I get older and like time feels more scarce the older you get. Oh, that makes me feel old when you say that. But I mean, I do think that cooking and baking are their own forms of therapy because you get to make something with your hands and of itself that's really satisfying and then you get to eat what you've made and you go I did that I created that so even when you have like the worst day on planet earth or the weirdest day ever you can come home you can put some 
throw some stuff into a bowl and mix it up and shove it in the oven for a bit and suddenly you have something delightful after that day. Baking and cooking is basically sorcery and I won't be told otherwise. Oh no, I completely agree. It is, it is alchemy of the highest order and that's why I love it because you can take these seemingly disparate like items and ingredients and put them together and they make magic. 100%. Like, it, it is alchemy. I've got little heart-shaped sprinkles on them and they're absolutely adorable. Look at it. <gasps> they're so cute! And See, like, I'm some still... of the love heart ones look beyond odd. But this is the cute love heart one that actually looks like a love heart. Oh, it's adorable. I have so much icing left. Like, it's actually crazy. So I definitely do not think I needed to make this much. But that's okay, I'm gonna freeze it. Because you can freeze icing. I'm gonna freeze it so that I can keep it for whenever I have like biscuits. <laughs> and I can just put a little bit saying... on. Saying that, I have some chocolate cream cheese frosting in the freezer, which I just remembered like just now when I went, oh, you can freeze it. Oh yeah, I did that. So do bear in mind that if it gets frozen, you gotta remember it exists. Like... We'll deal with that hurdle when we get to it. <laughs> For someone with object permanence issues, getting around to it is a very elusive concept. We get there in the end. This is the best. I forgot how much I enjoy this. I just tasted my frosting and that is some damn good frosting. Cream oh cheese God, frosting is probably my favourite. I would not have said that as a child though. Adventurous. Very rarely, and only at your house. Which, I don't know how they managed that. They, they had this gift where if ever I brought over a friend who happened to be a fussy eater, or like, happened to only like very specific foods, somehow they would manage to get them to try something new, and somehow whoever it was would usually like it. Like, even oh yeah, there are, are plenty of things that I would have never eaten without your parents. And can I say, some of them have stuck in my head forever. Veal parcels <laughs> is a thing that I have never made. I don't even know where you would begin. I remember them being delicious. They, honestly, that's some of my favorite food, is veal parcels. You want mincemeat, you want a veal scallop, and you want some string. That's literally it. Well, ideally, definitely would mince. not have eaten that. Except I did. And I loved it. My folks were really so chuffed to hear that. And it was, it's such a memorable day. And arancini balls? Oh, there yeah. is nothing in that that I wouldn't eat. But I would have decided I wouldn't have eaten it. And I ate them. And I really liked them. And I think it was one of the first times your dad had made them as well. Yeah, I, oh, I remember that. Because there's this Italian detective series that my family's all quite fond of called Inspector Montalbano. And I remember that. Yeah, so it's set in Sicily, and one of Sicily's most famous foods, or like Italy, Italy has various different variants of this, is arancini, which is basically balls of risotto rice with a, a various different things, oftentimes cheese and ham, sometimes mushroom, sometimes other stuff, encased in, in breadcrumbs, and then deep fried. And it is delightful, and they're very fun to make as well. Um, and I do actually remember the first time my dad made them um, and he was so so excited that he'd managed to make them and 
I remember when you tried them, you weren't quite sure at first, and then you gave them a taste. And my dad was so chuffed. Because, like, <laughs> my parents are both foodies. And there's, there's nothing that they love more when it comes to food than getting to share that food with someone else. And knowing that that somebody also likes it, or likes it because of that. I think one of their greatest joys in life. I have grown to love food more for knowing your parents. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't have loved food anyway, because I reckon I would have. Yeah. But there's definitely a greater amount of love there. They would be so happy to hear that. I think it's it's definitely one of those things that I'm very grateful to have inherited, is a love of food and a curiosity about food. Always grown up knowing where my food comes from and learning about the processes behind it. So. My parents never shied away from taking me to like a wet fish bar or to the butchers or getting veg boxes with deliberately wonky vegetables in because food should be honest. And I think that's an attitude that I still subscribe to and more so even now that I'm an adult and get to explore more foods. So I think it's, it's something that's been quite a formative part of my life is understanding where my food comes from. As someone with an allergy, it's even more important for me to understand what's in my food because some of it could literally kill me and has tried to do so. Um, so understanding what ingredients are and where they come from not only fascinates me but can literally save my life. It's something that I, I have immense gratitude to my folks for teaching me. And I have immense gratitude for them as well because well, I didn't obviously go everywhere with you. There were places that I went to, like we went to the fishery, fish farm, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. I so never you, would have gone anywhere like that, that. Yeah. W- without your parents. And I believe your parents took me to Elm Farm for the first time. And it's not that I didn't yeah. understand where my food came from, but I don't think I had an appreciation for the fact that there were more options than the supermarket. Yeah. Because it's kind of sold to you as the only option, right? And mm. butchers and cheese shops and green grocers are kind of... They're I given like the they... impression of being for, like, upper class. Yeah, they quite often get seen as a luxury. I mean, I've worked in a cheese shop once in a while, and the cheese shop is definitely more on the luxury end. But I, I think the more accessible different options for food are the happier people will be that's why i think farm shops are so vital like for communities to grow up around because food brings people together that's i think one of the things that inherently makes us human is that we make food we don't just forage we actually like go out of our way to cook things we go out of our way to make things taste good like we've made these cupcakes not because necessarily they are going to save our lives or like give us particularly nutritional value although i think there's nutritional value in eating something that makes you happy oh yeah there is there is soul food and then there is like nutritional food yeah absolutely like you've got to think about the soul food as well if you're just eating to be physically healthy and not actually thinking about what that food's doing for you like mentally like are you enjoying what you're eating does it make you feel good of yourself? Are you just doing? Are you just eating salads because you think you should? 
And I think as, as yeah. soon as you start actually subscribing to the idea that food is good for you because it is food, not because it's got any inherent value nutritionally. Like your body tells you about cravings because it needs something. It's not temptation. It's like, you know, you need more salt. Okay. You're probably low on electrolytes. Um, you feel lightheaded. You probably need more iron. You feel down and depressed. You probably need some sugar. Like it's, it's our body's way of telling us what it needs. And we should listen to that. And I don't think there's any like inherent good or bad foods. And like that's that's another thing my parents kind of taught me is there's not really such a thing as a bad food. Like there's there's no naughty food or off limits. I I had a period of struggle with food in my teenagers and I, I struggled to eat. And I've regained a lot of confidence and power by making my own food and baking my own things and I think the like art of cooking and baking is like a love language really oh absolutely which is why I'm so happy I get to share that love language with other people like you my boyfriend he's learnt to cook since we've been together okay my boyfriend could make carbonara and admittedly he makes the best carbonara he can make scrambled eggs and omelettes and like basic student food but he had never baked anything before we got together or like if he had he was very very little like he'd never gone out of his way to bake something and I remember back when I was living in my previous place which the kitchen was even smaller than here if you can believe it it was a tiny little cardboard box of a kitchen I went out to work yeah. one day and he was staying back at the flat and when I came home he'd made Anzac biscuits because he felt like it and like we'd done some baking and cooking like together in the weeks previously but he'd never done anything like baking on his own but like I got I got back to the flat and everything smelled of like of oats and golden syrup and coconut and he presented me these Anzac biscuits looking like the proudest person in the world because he had made them himself and I think like there's something so special about like giving like the gift of teaching somebody who loves them. 100% I should have made about half of this icing I have so much left look at this so do I that's what I mean the recipe calls for way too much icing yeah like how much icing are they putting on their cakes yeah I put a generous amount on each one but like there's still so much left no that's why I've frozen the rest of mine we'll have to try one together I mean I, cupcake I put... smells delicious Absolutely. Let me just sprinkle all my love over these. There we go. Mine have different amounts of love on each one and I, I cannot wait to forcibly shove one at my boyfriend when he gets home tonight and be like, you have to eat it. I made it with love. You have to eat it. I've already got a box to take to the office and then a box to keep here because I don't want them all to go to the office, but it probably would be nice to give some to my colleagues. Yeah. There we go. Beautiful. Right. This is the most satisfying bit, is be like peeling the wrapper off a cupcake. Oh, it's like unwrapping a present. 
Oh, it really is. Ready? Cheers. Hell yeah. This is so much better than I remember it being as a child. These are the best ones I've ever made. Mm. Oh, this is lovely. <laughs> that was worth the wait. Oh, 100%. We really hope that you also make these cupcakes along with us. I mean, take heed, make less icing. About Yeah, definitely do half the icing. Wonderful. We will have every recipe up on our website, along with transcripts for each episode. So you'll be able to find the recipe for the Hummingbird Bakery's Red Velvet Cupcakes on our website. Thank you so much for tuning in to Flower Power. You can find us on our Instagram at flower underscore power underscore podcast or our website at www.flower-power-podcast.com where you can find episode transcripts, recipes and bonus content. Our episodes are released monthly via Spotify and on the website and anywhere else we will figure out eventually. Thank you so much for listening. We have been Flower Power. Happy baking!